In this episode, the filmmaker inspired by a childhood Christmas present, the latest with Airbnb, and why we should be avoiding those who speak the loudest. Welcome to the World Nomads podcast. We'll be keeping you up to date with travel alerts, information about coronavirus, and sharing some uplifting news and views to inspire you and keep you smiling. Yep, an interesting theory, that one. Hi, it is Kim and Phil with you. Thanks for tuning in. We will hear the story of Fly Brothers shortly, but we like to kick off with travel news, Phil. Okay, look, we expect things to look different post-COVID, and that's the case for one of the world's most popular museums, the Louvre in Paris. When it finally reopens, everyone, including staff members and visitors, will have to wear face masks, and about 20 to 30% of the museum's rooms might be closed off, but the postage stamp-sized Mona Lisa, La Gioconda, will be open. Ed, did you not, did you like that sort of pretentiousness of mine, knowing what its other name is. <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to admit ignorance there. Phil. I just <laughs> knew what you were talking about. La Gioconda, there you go. Airbnb co-founder and CEO Brian Chesky has been quoted saying, Nia is the new farm. Moving forward, with guests expected to book trips less than 80 kilometres from home, that's 50 miles, and look for more affordable accommodation. In the US, Airbnb properties renting for less than $50 US a night are experiencing the fastest growth. And we'll share that article on how the sector will look in the future in our show notes. Okay, tell me about avoiding people who speak loudly because this could include myself. <laughs> I was just going to say, are you, you kettle pot? Uh, yes, I know. Black, I know. All of that, yeah. Okay, look, as we social distance, A respiratory expert says the possibility of catching COVID goes beyond being coughed on. Uh, His name's Dr Tang. He says when you talk, you produce aerosol, you know, bits of spray, and if you talk louder, you produce more. So according to the August professor, the loud talking people on the train, the plane, on the bus could be the worst spreaders of the virus. Do you get what I'm saying, Kim? Inside Phil. Inside voice, Phil. Inside voice. <laughs> I got you. Now, you may recall, thank you for that, um, the episode with Olivia. She was the travel writer happily stranded in a bungalow in rural Thailand. Remember that? Yep. She introduced me to Ernest White II. When somebody introduces you to somebody that, is a second or a third, you have to follow up on that. There's a story. Uh, He is a filmmaker, Ernest White II, with a US TV show called Fly Brother, which Olivia worked on, all inspired from an early age after he was given what he describes as a dangerous little book for Christmas. Free stuff for kids, yes. It was uh, just a book that was given to me by the wife of the preacher of my church, uh, Miss... This is Estelle McKissick. I'll never <laughs> forget her name. Uh, just a wonderful lady who was a lifelong educator as well. And uh, she just gave me that book one Christmas. And it was a key to a new world. So in the book, there were um, the addresses of various tourism boards and convention and visitors bureaus for cities around the U.S., states, and different countries around the world. And if you sent them a postcard, they would send you back a packet of information. And this was, of course, pre-internet. I'd get these amazing things. I remember uh, Singapore sent me this book that was, every page was as big as a poster. And it was just embossed with this kind of gold cardstock 
uh, and just glorious pictures of the Lion City. Uh, I remember getting something from the Principality of Monaco that was sealed in a wax, uh, sealed with wax, you know, and this is in the 80s in Florida. Like I knew nothing about wax seals, you know, but I was kind of being introduced to a new world of, uh, of possibility. And uh, that was what was really kind of getting, that's what got me in a traveling mood early on. And I think my parents were a little bit inspired as well, just watching me collect all of this information because they've since become travelers themselves. And it's just really, it does um, kind of spread. It, it, that's why they call it a travel bug. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well, you got excited for travel and you ended up in Sweden. Take us through that time. Yes. So as a high schooler, I remember seeing in movies and, and, and other kind of other media, people hosting foreign exchange students or going on foreign exchange trips. And I remember when I was uh, maybe in the 10th grade, I was walking in the mall with my parents and there was a stand for a, um, a foreign exchange company that did, uh, did trips for high schoolers. Uh, and they also brought students into the U.S. And I asked my parents if we could host a student and they were like, no, but you can go. And so I ended up going to Sweden for the summer between my um, junior and senior years of high school, the last two years of high school. Um, and it was a life forming experience for me. I lived with a family for six weeks in the far north of Sweden. It was the summer. So uh, it was pretty much daylight around the clock. And um, it was a rural kind of experience. We were living outside of a smaller city. And uh, I just remember mosquitoes and lingering sunsets and pine trees. Uh, but it was an experience that really kind of got me out of what I had known up to then. Uh, and, and I've never stopped really seeking that adventure. Such a beautiful memory. Yet yeah, today we wake up at the time of recording to discover that Sweden has the most deaths deaths per capita than yes. any other country um, because they haven't enforced any real lockdown. How does that make you feel when you look at what's happening there? I mean, when you think about any kind of situation where it's always sad when you hear of people dying, right? But we've also got kind of this um, quality of disconnection occasionally where we say, oh, that's a shame and kind of move on. But when it's a place that we know well, it's when it's a place that we know intimately, be it um, a problem with coming out of a pandemic or an accident or a uh, natural disaster or whatever, you know, it's, it's always hurts a little bit more when you know the place. And uh, so I, all I can do is just um, really send heart energy and, and, and check in with my friends on the ground there and make sure they're doing okay. And their, their loved ones are, and um, just be connected with them. Well, know? that's what you're all about. Um, friends and connection. Um, yes. So let's move on to then, because uh, after Sweden, you didn't stop traveling and you started a, a, a blog called Fly Brother, which has gone out of control yes. in a great way. Yes, it's turned into it. It went from blog to TV show. And, uh, you know, who knew? I started that blog. Uh, well, actually, OK, so just a, a little a t the tweet version. Uh, after I graduated high school, I went off to university uh, studied political science, uh, University of Florida, Florida A&M University. And while I was there, I did a study abroad in the Dominican Republic. And that was my first kind of um, collegiate experience abroad. And I stayed there for a summer as well. 
And after that, I was really taken with Latin America, with speaking Spanish, uh, the vibrant colors and, and, and the culture. And so I uh, continued my education. I got my master's degree in creative writing in Washington, D.C. And after that, I moved to Latin America just to kind of get my fill of it. And that was uh, in 2005, I believe. I moved to Colombia. I taught English on the high school and university levels. I taught social sciences. And I started a blog at that time while I was living there because people were always interested in what was happening in my life, what was going on. It was a time before Instagram and when blogs kind of had a a greater heft than they do today. And uh, it was also an easy way of telling people what was going on without having to respond to a lot of emails. And so uh, what started off as just a chronicle of my life abroad as an expat turned into um, an, a, a way of assisting people in traveling more, traveling better, getting out into the world. And so I added a service piece component to the blog as well. And uh, eventually it turned into Fly Brother, which uh, now is a television series. And the name behind Fly Brother? Well, it just kind of is a double entendre in uh, old, okay, not old, but in 70s American parlance, something fly is something that's very cool. It's hip. And uh, of course, I do a lot of travel by air, hence the fly. And then brother, you know, is also kind of a euphemism for African-American guys. Uh, And in, in addition to that, though, it speaks to my connectivity with people. You know, the biggest thing I love to do when traveling is connecting with people. Some people love food. Some people love dance. And I love all of those things. But it's the, the, the connections, the community, the conversations and the interaction that I take away with me whenever I leave a place that always has me going back to that place. And so in that way, that kind of makes me a brother, doesn't it? It certainly does. <laughs> <laughs> We have spoken, fortunately, on on the podcast, you know, not necessarily during this pandemic period, but prior to, um, that that's what people seek out. It's it's those conversations and and meeting yes. people, and they're the thing, they're the takeaways from your your travel. It really does have a way of transforming you. Uh, absolutely, and you know, nowadays we've got the technology to remain in contact. Before we'd meet, you know, we we would make connections with people. Uh, either by traveling or just through, uh, I remember there was were directories of pen pals that you could have with people around the world. But you engaged in written correspondence, which is a lost art form, and it's beautiful, but it's also quite slow. Uh, the other option would have been a, a $6 a minute phone call twice a year. But now we've got social media, we've got WhatsApp, we've got ways of really creating a global community that we can be in contact with constantly. And that is why I feel like it's so important to, to really encourage other people to get out there, to get beyond the stereotypes, the borders, the fears, and, uh, and really connect on a human level. Fly Brother, the TV show, what places did you go to and the types of stories you connect, uh, co- collected is what I'm trying to say there. Oh, sure. Yes, yes. Uh, so for season one, uh, we've got 10 episodes now. We originally announced eight, but we've expanded to 10 uh, mostly because we figured it's going it, to, we don't know when we'll be able to get season two filmed. And so there were certain things that we were able to, to squeeze into this first season. So uh, we did Sao Paulo, Brazil, Toronto, Canada, Tbilisi, Georgia, Northern Namibia, Mumbai, India, Stockholm, Sweden, Tajikistan, Casablanca, Morocco, 
and Bogota, Colombia in one episode and Cape Town, South Africa. And uh, I would say some of the most uh, interesting stories would be uh, going to visit a, a Namibian king in the north part of Namibia, which was an interesting, phenomenal cultural experience that I hadn't expected. Uh, we went to a Oh God, a, uh, the ruins of a castle on the Silk Road, 3,000 years old, 12,000 feet in altitude overlooking Afghanistan from the Tajik side of the Panj River. And we were the third camera crew ever to go to that spot and the first from the West. You know, an incredible uh, energetic experience. We also uh, filmed in, um, in Mumbai during the monsoon and during the Ganesh festival, which is a beautiful time to be there. But we had to wrap our camera up in a garbage bag so it wouldn't <laughs> get wet. Uh, my, my buddy in Stockholm, Martin, who uh, is like a fire dancer, he ended up having me eat fire in the episode, Kids Don't Try This at Home. And there are so many different experiences that happen in every episode that I think really kind of show people that no matter where you go, there's always something exciting and, and, and adventurous to, to partake in. Now, you said you're not sure when you're going to film uh, season two because of uh, border closures. How yes. do you see uh, travel playing out post-pandemic? It's, it's the billion-dollar question, I know, but sure. it's, it's one we have to, to ask our content creators. Yes, yes. No, absolutely. Well, certainly, you know, I don't think I can give any big picture uh, kind of answer any more than anyone else. But I do expect it to be more expensive. Uh, right now, even airlines have had to shrink. Some are going out of business. There's just less availability in the market for seats. So, of course, just naturally, the fares are going to go up. Um, you've got people who have less disposable income because of uh, just professional uncertainty and all these other things. And so I do see more domestic travel. I see more virtual travel and people utilizing technology much more than they have before. Um, I, I do see travel resurging, but I'm hoping that it does so in a much more sustainable way where we're much more aware of our physical environment. We're intentional in how we get out into the world. We travel slower because all of that was necessary. And so I'm hoping this kind of awakens people to, uh, to the needs of the planet. We see the kind of um, environmental resurgence that has happened in the midst of this kind of global pause uh, in activity. And so I'm hoping that people really take it to heart and, and not just individual travelers, but also governments and uh, DMOs and, 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 and industry uh, folks as well. Well, is there anything that you would like to, to say in closing to the travel community tuning into these episodes? Yes, I would like to say, listen, you know, I have, I think part of the reason why I'm, I may be sounding upbeat when a lot of people aren't is, is because I've lived a life of uncertainty, you know, when being on the producer's journey, being on the entrepreneur's journey for a few years now, I have had to do many different things in order to get my project where I, where it needed to be, including driving Lyft and, you know, what other part-time gigs in order to, to keep uh, most of my time and resources focused on this project that I was called to do. And I was able to, to make it through, you know, it, we, we, we have something that's beautiful. That's a team effort that is showing people that everyone in the world really is the same. They want the same things in life just to be seen, to be empowered and to be loved. And so all is not lost. You know, it, life may not look like you were accustomed to it looking, but 
if you believe that you've got the skills and abilities to, to go out there and, and create something, then you, the universe will support you in that. It sounds woo-woo, I know, but I'm woo-woo, so there we go. Nothing wrong with woo-woo, Ernest. I could listen to him all day, by the way. Mm-hmm. We'll have links in show notes, but alongside Fly Brother, he's also appeared on the Travel Channel television series Destination Showdown and Jamaica Bed, as well as in the 2013 documentary film about the dangers of mass tourism, Gringo Trails. So these could be things you look up while you're in lockdown. He also works as an actor on stage and screen and, as you could hear, a voiceover artist for audio. I look... I get sometimes really jealous of very talented people. You've got to share that around a bit. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed you've said that before in previous podcasts. Oh, share it around. Like, yeah, share it around. Look, make sure you subscribe to this, the World Nomads Travel Podcast, which you can do from wherever you get your favourite pods. And feel free to rate and share too. Please do. It helps other people find us. And you can get in touch by emailing podcast at worldnomads.com. Next episode, Ashley Blake, whose company offers small group impact-focused trips to over 25 countries around the world. Bye. Bye. The World Nomads Podcast. Explore your boundaries.